Two Minute Lights Man in Cleveland. One thirty-one is the episode number. You sure? I believe so. Are you sure? That's the biggest question. Raise your hand if you're sure. My hands are both in the air. Spending time today with uh, one of the most famous Shaker Heights hockey parents that you could be with. That is Theodore Klopp. As now we've reached the baseball season as we have pitchers and catchers. He'll be known as Oral Hershiser. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate that. You had some travels recently. Yes, you I did. You went to the uh, Golden Dome, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Did indeed. We were in not South Not meant Bend. to be sexual, by the way. We're talking about Notre Dame. Yes, Thank we're you. talking about Notre Dame. We had a hockey tournament there. Got to see some uh, uh, games on the arena ice. And then we played on the uh, Olympic-size ice, which is down below under the side of the arena. And we also went over and saw the word, what is it? The word of life mural, also yes. known as Touchdown Jesus. Yes. And we saw the football stadium. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, good time. Team, uh, my oldest son's team won their division. Went 4-0. Congratulations. Thank you. Very How does exciting. it feel to be with the champion? Um, uh, well, as Notre Dame would say, play like a champion today. Yeah. Yeah. That's outstanding. Well, that's, that's great news. Do you have some great food on your visit? I mean, we can talk we about did. that out and about or. Of course we did. Well, I, I mean, yeah, we, uh, we ate at the Aspen ale house. I can talk more about that. Oh, uh, I like this. When we're, uh, when we do out and about, but yeah, we ate there. And, uh, so you had the kids drink is what you're saying. You were, oh, let's not get team, crazy. some beer. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, my oldest son is uh, peewee level, which is 11 and 12 year olds. And one of the days we didn't have a game until five o'clock. So I was going to let him sleep in. And at 750, I got a text from the hockey coordinator that the Bantam two, that's the next level up. Bantam two team needed a goalie at 930 AM. You're on call. Let's go. So I, woke him up and asked him if he wanted to play. And, you know, he took a second and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, our Bantam team, uh, two team has struggled a little this year. And my son was not, uh, not able to change that fortune. Nine to one was the final. Uh, he probably saw, he's the goalie probably saw 30 or 40 shots in that game, but a good experience for him. Well, that's what it's all about at that level. On a serious note, it's what you're trying to do. You're just trying yeah. to gain your ability to improve your skills at that level is all you're trying to do. Well, he's technically three weeks from being a bantam. So it was good experience. And, uh, you know, I asked him after the game, I said, what was different? And he said, well, the shots are faster and the kids were faster. And I said, well, guess what you need to do? And he said, I need to get faster. I said, yep. Yep. So, It'll be a situation soon enough where the game will slow down for him. That's yeah. Well, we'll talk about more about stuff and out and about, but a uh, couple quick things for Cleveland that I found here, Ted, I'd like to bring oh. some tidbits up to you when I find it out. Yes. They're going to be shooting a pretty famous movie in Cleveland here in the next couple months, Superman legacy. That'll be coming out in 2025. Um, we've been famous because of the tax credits in our area specifically Cleveland, where people are shooting movies. So I remember we had uh, Bob Ruggiero on at one point in time, and he was talking to us about shooting movies in this area and the tax credits and all that. So that should be super exciting. 
And then a very interesting story that came about today, and I wanted to talk to you. It's somewhat serious. Bike Cleveland, which is a group that kind of does studies on people with bikes and all that stuff, as I talk to you right now and you're completely undressing. This is a bit <laughs> uncomfortable for me, but it's okay. We'll continue yes. to go. Um, 550 people in 2023 in the confines of the Cleveland area were either hit on a bike or as a pedestrian. Okay. 550. 133 people were on bikes. 39 kids on bikes were hit. That is just ridiculous. 382 pedestrians were hit. 40 kids walking. 13 people in wheelchairs. And 22 people on scooters. Were you one of the people on scooters, by the way? I was not. But on a serious note... <clears throat> This this is a quite alarming. I know 550 based on the population of Cleveland seems like a low number, but my gosh, where my my two cents on this? These people that got hit, people are in a hurry and aren't paying attention. Let's be well, honest. yeah, yeah. I, I, nobody crosswalks are just lines on the street. They're not really yeah. nobody pays attention to those, and you know, uh, for that matter. Stop signs and, for that matter, traffic lights sometimes in the city of Cleveland seem to be nothing more than suggestions. Yeah, and this, obviously, this is a natural thing. Yeah, it, it is very frustrating because uh, being in Medina now and all that, it's it's more the same. You really have to be cautious of crossing the streets and all that because people are blowing through red lights and all that. I, I guess my two cents is when you approach a spot or spotlight, when you approach a stoplight, you're at a crosswalk. You see kids on bikes. You see people walking. Just give them a break, man. You know, I, I just it's not worth accidents and, and things like that. And the one that's super alarming. How how are you hitting a person in a wheelchair? Oh, my gosh. That I mean, can is that the lowest of the low? Let's be honest. I mean, poor person is trying to get across the street and you hit them with your car. I mean, that's, that's I don't know. Fair. That really now, that really hit, now, hit home for me so, now. You know, a law, not a part of this study. How many of these um, situations involved alcohol or drugs? Great question, Ted. You know, yeah, I don't know. know. And yeah, that could be on the part of the driver, could be on the part of the pedestrian or the person yeah. in the wheelchair. Who knows? Sure. So, but certainly it's alarming numbers, and we just need to be careful when we're driving around, as we've talked about in the past. Indeed. That's my rant for the today. Thank you. All right. We're all set. We're done, I think. Do we uh, do we have some jersey numbers for today? I would love to give you some jersey numbers. I would like to start with the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavaliers, uh, 31. 31. Hmm. Wow. Uh, I got nothing. I'll read these off. These are some okay. pretty good names. Randolph Keys. Okay. J.R. Reed. Okay. Ricky Davis, who tried to get himself a triple-double by trying to get his own rebound on a shot that he missed. Um, <laughs> Scott Pollard, he's been in the news recently. He just had a heart transplant. Wow. I saw him on Twitter. He's doing okay. Jawad Williams, who's the pride of St. Ed's, he played for us. Not Steph Curry, but Seth Curry played for us for a bit. Deron Williams, Sean Marion, yeah. probably one of your favorite players right now, who's just outstanding, and I'll talk about him and out about Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Yeah. 
about your uh, guardians? Uh, 31. Was Chuck Finley 31? Well done, sir. He certainly okay. was. Along with Jim Perry, who was Gaylord yeah. Perry's brother. Right. A guy I always have trouble saying his name just because it's such a sad story. Steve Olin. Oh. Dave Winfield. Yes. Brian Anderson, who is local. He's from Elyria, is he not? Wasn't he a Elyria uh, guy? Well, I, I know he, he went to college out in uh, uh, Lake County or something like that. East Lake or somewhere out there. But I, yeah. I don't know. I know he's local. Cliff Lee, Danny Cliff. Salazar, which he never amounted to Holy much. Cow. Josh Naylor, he wore that jersey for a bit or anymore. My my favorite Cleveland Indian. You sicko. And then Sam Henches. You know, the best part of this is my kids, I'll say, you know, if Josh Naylor, what's his brother's name? Uh, Bo? Bo. I say, oh, my favorite Cleveland Indian. And my wife will be sitting there and the kids say, why is he your favorite Cleveland Indian? <laughs> I oh, say, man. ask your mother. How about a Brown? Do you know a 31 Brown? I, I do you know. know a 31 Brown. Mighty Mini. Frank One Minifee. of the best. One of the best. Ahead of his now, time. Uh, was Steve Oliphant a 31? He was not, actually. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, 31. Oh, Jamal Lewis. I don't have Jamal Lewis as 31. Oh. For some huh. reason. Well, uh, I okay. thought he was too, to be honest, as I think about this, but I know well, Willie he made, Green he was, was. 31 with the Ravens, but maybe when he came here, he was not. He was a different number. Yeah, I think he was. Willie Green was. Oh, yeah. I was trying to think of a running back. There you go. Fast. Al Gross. Okay. Cleo Miller and Dante Whitner, another pride of Cleveland, mm. who played some safety for us for a year. He had a nice career in the NFL, played about 12 yeah. years. So, wow. That's your uh, that's your Jersey update for. We're not going to uh, do any uh, any uh, uh, Cleveland Crunch or Cleveland Monsters with this. Uh, that's out. For the not at this time. Part. Thank you. Oh, okay. We can try in the future. I've tried with the Crunch a couple different times, and the number systems are weird. So we'll leave it at that. Hector served me some marinero. What number was he? I couldn't tell you. Okay. How about Otto Orff? Do you know his number? Uh, number zero. zero. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I still can't believe they must have had an agreement with Lucasfilm to be able to do all that force stuff. I would think so. there had to be some kind of discussion because there's no way you're just going to do that without saying anything. But that was still, in my opinion, one of the coolest things that, that, that I've seen. That was uh, hands down, hands down. I mean, 40 years later, you and I still remember that. Yeah, pack, they packed that place. Yeah. They just packed it. Yeah. 100%. Well, coming up on this week's show... We have, <clears throat> all right, we have some alliteration. Ken, you ready for this? Ready. We have matches, maggots, and memorabilia. Wow. Okay. A missing item is found. A mysterious disappearance has yet to be solved. All that and more. There's another M coming up. And now, a woman's perspective. How do men define a 50-50 relationship? We cook, they eat. We clean, they dirty. We iron, they wrinkle. This has been A Woman's Perspective. Oh.
Overachievers now, Ken, a California man owns more than 10,000 pieces of Transformer memorabilia. Memorabilia. Okay. Uh, because of that, Mike K also owns the Guinness World Record for the largest collection of Transformers. He says he's been collecting since he was since 1984 when he was three years old. Largest collection of Transformers. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. I'm uh I'm having trouble with my screen today. I oh. can't. Okay, hold on. Nope, hold on. This is this is my issue. Whether well, well, the viewers would be super excited for this. Can't use technology, Ken. Good job. I want to let you know, though, about a man. I also have an overachiever. I don't know if you knew this or not. Is going to jump in. A man from Denmark. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's a world record. Owns the first world record for the most matches held in a nose. That's right. Most matches held in his nose. Okay. Did he light them when he uh, put them in there? I don't know. Okay. This required him to insert at least 45 in his nostrils. Ow. Peter Von Tagen, Buskoff. Well, he's got four names. I like this. <laughs> Didn't stop there. And he he shoved. He, he said, forget this. You yeah. want me to do 45? How yeah. about I do 68, 68 right in my nostrils? Okay. And he, he claimed that it really, it didn't really hurt. He uh, must have numbed himself up. I don't yeah. know. He got a shot before he did this. Okay. He even says he might try to break his own record at some point. Ooh, he's going to go to 70. Oh, please. I mean, why go, why go 69 when you can go 70? That's where I'm at. <laughs> Good for the longest name ever. Peter Ventagen Buskoff. Yeah. You think I said it right? Probably he's, not. He's got a long name and he's got a big nose. Guess what? I don't think he's listening. Cleveland! This is for you! Time for more sports history. Let's bring in the professor, Dr. Dusty Sloan. Ted, I've known Dusty for nearly 30 years, and I'll be honest with you, this topic, we might not have to ask anything after we just mention the comments we're going to make, and we'll just probably sit back and listen. We're yeah. going to talk about the rift between the Cleveland Browns owner, Art Modell, and head coach Paul Brown, which reaches a boiling point, and the Browns fire... Paul Brown, back on January 7th, 1963. I'm going to step away and listen to Dusty go on a tirade. All right. Thanks, guys. Yes, you said the two magic words, Art Modell. I'll take a deep breath here before I begin. I thought about it before we started taping this. There's the, Everybody always said how great Art Modell was as an owner with the whole television contract in the 70s, Monday Night Football, the whole thing. But there's four big things that Art Modell did that make him probably one of the worst owners in the history of the NFL. This would be the first one. The second one, of course, was uh, getting rid of Marty Schottenheimer after the 88 season when he wouldn't give up offensive coordinator. The third one was releasing Bernie Kosar. And the fourth one, obviously, was moving the team to Baltimore. So he took away our team, obviously, almost 30 years ago. It's uh, taken this long for them to be any good. So obviously he put a hex on him afterwards or did something. But going back to the topic at hand, how dumb do you have to be <laughs> to get rid of Paul Brown after what he did for that organization 
And I understand that Art Modell didn't hire him. He was there long before Art Modell got there. But Paul Brown, I mean, it, it, it almost defies description how dumb it is to fire somebody like Paul Brown. <laughs> I, one thing I'll say is that he was so good, Dusty, that he just went on to Cincinnati and started another team. So yes. he, was, he certainly did that. He was on to Cincinnati. The question I have, Dusty, and I think I've heard many different stories. Do you know what the rift was between Modell and Brown? What what was what was the I, problem? I don't know off the top of my head, and all I know is that Paul Brown had to be right. <laughs> that's all. That's all I know. Whatever it was, Paul Brown had to be right. Well, if the shoe smells, uh, <laughs> do we know if uh, they ever um, made up? Uh, if the relationship was ever repaired, do we know any of that? That's a good question. I've never really, really heard whether they meant it or not. Cause obviously like you mentioned, Ken, he goes down to Cincinnati, starts his own team in the same state, the Cincinnati Bengals. They started in the AFL and obviously eventually ended up in the NFL, Used the same colors. So obviously there's stories that I can read here. I'm, I'm looking at now. Don't have enough time, of course, now to look, but what, what all happened and all that, but Obviously, Paul Brown was mad enough that he basically stewed for five years and then came back head coach and, and founder of a team right basically down the road using the same colors. Wow. Well, that's... Yeah. Uh, that's I always like to play this game, Dusty. This will be my last question for you. <laughs> Do you think... thing? Obviously, the Browns had, had did have some success after Brown left. Do you think things would be different with the organization and how things are handled and all that stuff. Now, if, if you have the ripple effect, if he would have stayed. Oh, with, if, if Paul Brown had never been fired. Yes. Wow. That's, that's a very, I've never thought of that. That's a very interesting question. Cause you look back at it and he hired Blanton Collier. And then two years later, they did win an NFL championship and went to the championship game the following year but to think that Blanton Collier, and he had a great record. I mean, he never had a losing record. But to think that Blanton Collier was better than Paul Brown at the end of the day, well, I, you, you think, I think of Paul Brown the same way that the people in Chicago think of George Hallis. Yes. Like, you let him do what he wants to do until he dies, which is what George Hallis did in 1982. He was still the owner and still very much involved until he passed. I think Paul Brown deserved that exact same respect. Wow. That's uh, some interesting thoughts to ponder, huh, Ken? Certainly is. Yeah, it's the old what if, you know, that's uh, it's very interesting. But you have a legend like that, a guy who came up with all the innovations that you have in the NFL today and did some of the first things you've ever seen. And all of a sudden he's gone, but obviously smart enough man and knew, knew his talents that he could just go and start another organization. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting topic. And I know it's a touchy subject for Mr. Sloan. Well, so. well I, I need to get my blood pressure raised every once in a while. That doesn't happen enough here at AU. <laughs> Classic times. <laughs> All right, uh, Dusty. Well, thank you. Thanks guys. Cleveland. This is for you. Ted, we were pounding, and I mean pounding, the pavement in Cleveland, the outskirts of Cleveland, and Columbus, Ohio, 
filling our stomachs with so much great food and drink. And we were out and about last two weeks. I only have a couple here. I went to Columbus. My daughter had a, a dance competition oh. in the uh, downtown area in the Columbus Convention Center. Nice experience. I was not ready for that, but uh, <laughs> it was fun. We have a few more competitions to go to. We'll be going to Mason, Ohio, which is oh. right near Cincinnati. We're going to Pittsburgh, and then we'll be going to Sandusky. Okay. So, but uh, yeah, very nice. I will say on the way back, wanted to get some food. It was an all-day affair. I got there about 2 and it ended about 6.30, 7 o'clock. Have you noticed this? When you go to a fast food place in a smaller town, it seems like it goes much better than in a bigger town. Am I? I we stopped in Fredericksburg or Fredericktown, home of the Freddies. We used to cover some uh, scores and more. Stopped there and got some food at a... We were at a Wendy's. Okay. Oh, my gosh. The people couldn't be any nicer. We got our food real quick. You know what I mean? It's just that specific small town hospitality. It, it was wonderful. Um, Went can't to a couple. It. What's that? You can't beat it. If you can't beat it, then join it. So well, I think I might be working for them. Might be a fun place to go to Wendy's in Fredericktown. Um, I went to the local bar in Strongsville. That's the name of it. Not the just a local. And then uh, Mulligan's. Uh, recently, I went to Mabel's. When's the last time you've been to Mabel's on East 4th Street? The Michael Simon uh, barbecue place. I think I was there with you once. I think you were, actually. Uh, I was there a couple nights ago with a couple customers. And my gosh, what a great place that is. Easy to get in. The food is great. I, I really I really enjoyed myself. It was wonderful. And then took in the Cavs, the Cavaliers, um, a couple of weeks ago when they played the Sixers, it was actually a game that they lost. My daughter performed before the game with her dance team and all that stuff. Nice. It had, it had been a while since I've been to a Cavs game. My gosh, is it such a great atmosphere for families. They really do a nice job. You can download an app at the beginning of the game. You just hit this QR code. And then when they do the announcements, the different players show up on your phone as they announce them. What? Yes. I've never seen anything like that in my life. I was like a kid in a candy store. I sat with my son and he was looking at me like there was something wrong. He's like, why are you so excited about this? I go, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. The announcer yeah. would say the person's name and it would show up on my phone. And then there you could be part of like the beginning of the game and all that with, you know, your phone will go off or a light display and all that stuff. It is, I'm telling you, they do a really nice job with the, and the mascots are fun. I like that arena. It's easy to get around. I, I think they do a nice job. I can't wait to go back. They do have a standing room as well. Similar to what the uh, guardians do. They have a standing room up in the Loudville area. There's like this whole area you could stand. I don't know what the tickets prices are for that, but I might have to check that out. So very wow. enjoyable time. We did see a loss, but uh, there was a lot of points. The Cavs came back from a 10 being down 10 and almost won the game as Darius Garland couldn't hit a shot at the end to at the buzzer. Oh. To win it. But it was oh. a lot of fun. We had a blast. So yeah, I think that John Ryan would tell you uh, down 10 is is an opportunity. It is an opportunity. Yeah. Got some runs. Yeah, some runs. I have well, runs but anyhow sir batons to you let's hear about it let's hear about the out and abouts uh aspen ale house in south bend uh okay. enjoyable tasty burger i got a 
what was it? Bacon, Swiss cheese, guacamole. Sounds healthy. Very tasty. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Yes. This was, uh, I'm sure this was from the lean beef section of the. Oh, of course. Yes. Of the, of whatever they got. Yeah. Um, had a couple uh, adult beverages with that. Uh, that was good. Uh, also, um, just uh, enjoyed our time at Notre Dame. You know, neat facility. Um, the the tournament screwed up. So our 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 bracket had four teams in it. Okay. And so by the time you play all the other teams, you have a finals matchup and a consolation matchup, right? Yep. Well, if both teams are playing within five to ten minutes of each other, which team do you have play on the arena ice? At my, uh, ice arena? I mean, from my experience, I would think you'd want the championship teams to be playing on the ice. That'd be my call. They put the con- uh, consolation teams on the on the on the arena ice. Oh, boo! That's terrible. Yeah. Uh, the disappointing part being obviously that the kids didn't get that experience to play on yeah. that. But so Jeez, that stinks. Anyhow, um, you know they won, so can't complain too much. Um, so th- those were, and that's not the fault of Notre Dame. That's the fault of uh, the tournament. Sure. So, um. What are you going to do? But they won. We had a good time. Uh, we also ate at, and I haven't uh, eaten at this place hardly ever, if ever. Okay. Raising Canes. Yeah, Raising Canes. They have one oh, in yeah. Rocky River. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, the the sauce that they have for their tenders is awesome. And uh, yes, good stuff. You like the sauce, is what you I saying. like the sauce. Good for you. All That's about great. the sauce. Was that your out and about? That's my out and about. That's all I got. That's well we done, do. sir. Very proud of you. Way to uh, venture out and bring some other wonderful things to our audience out there. And ladies and gentlemen, please get out and about. Make sure you tip your servers, waitresses, and spend your hard-earned money. Forecast Roulette with the official, 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 the official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Fox 8's Scott Sable. Well, it's been a long time, but I have the wheel, and so we are going to spin the, the, uh, the, the weather, what is it, the uh, two Roulette, it's a roulette wheel. Weather wheel. Forecast roulette. Official, two middle-aged men in Cleveland, staff meteorologist, Scott Sable. And Scott, before I get to today's city, I have to ask you, I know that we just had one of your favorite days of the year, Groundhog Day. I wonder if you could talk about how much you love Groundhog Day as a meteorologist. I've never officially met any groundhog. I almost hit one on the road. But if I do meet one, I might fight them. Um, I'm not particularly fond of groundhogs, as you know. Um, I almost had an opportunity to go out to Groundhog Day like 10 years ago, and there was a blizzard, and then we had to kind of pull the plug on it at the station. But suffice it to say, I'm not on friendly terms with groundhogs, um, and I don't think that's going to change too much. 
Um, kind of a side note, and if I might digress a little bit, you mentioned the 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 weather roulette wheel, and it's been quite a long time since I've been on yeah. the show. It yeah. might not spin, but behind you, Ted, there's some spray bottle on your shelf. Is that WD forty that we might have to? It might. Yes, my, I think it is. Here, I'll. Uh, pardon my expression, but maybe lube it up a little bit. Oh, well, boy, uh, I'm not sure. What? What, what kind of a show are we doing here? All of a sudden, I'm holy! Sorry, God. I apologize. Turned. Okay. No, that's All understandable. Right, Can you lube the thing up and get it spin? Let's who's spin. who's 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 lubing and who's spinning? You're doing oh, both. Congratulations. Oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. Let me spin the wheel here. All right. There it goes. And uh, we're going to see where it uh, lands. Oh, I think this is going to be a warm weather location. Uh, Caracas of Venezuela, which I'm sure I'm just going to take a guess. I'm going to guess it's warmer than here. Uh, Scott, do you have any any unique uh, information about Caracas, Venezuela that you might want to share? Here? You know, you would be right. It is warmer, and surprisingly, um, um, uh, not surprisingly, but but uh, um, uh, shortstop uh, Omar Vizquel is from there, by the oh, way. Oh, well. so so you know, there you go. And you know, we we uh, my brother and I just talked to him on our podcast maybe a month ago. Oh. Um, yeah, so uh, very, very nice guy, friendly guy. Kind of talked about the old 1990s uh, Cleveland Indians and all that. And uh, by the way, the forecast, they're going to get some afternoon storms as we record this today. Temperatures uh -huh. in the mid-80s. Oh, I, so I, I have a uh, an Omar Vizquel uh, story, if I might. Yes, uh, go for it. So in the mid-90s when uh, Mr. Vizquel was uh, playing for the uh, Cleveland Indians, uh, we were in the locker room after the game and a uh, fellow uh, radio uh, compatriot and a uh, guy who I interned for back uh, many moons ago, Kenny Rhoda, was in the locker room and he proceeded to go up and ask Omar for an interview. Now, he was doing this as a one-on-one -on -one interview. The rest of the media was kind of waiting for, I don't know, the starting pitcher or somebody else. And Kenny goes up and says, you know, I, I couldn't hear, but, you know, can I interview you? And Omar's essentially like, yeah, I'm just getting dressed and whatnot. And so Kenny proceeds to do this radio interview while Omar Biskel disrobes and becomes naked, puts body lotion all over himself. He's moving all over the place and then proceeds to put his clothes on. And by God, Kenny Rhoda, the professional that he is, keeps that mic wherever his Head went, uh, you know, keep him on, Mike. No problem. After the uh, interview was over, I said, Kenny, that was pretty impressive. He said, Ted, there's two words to keep in mind. Eye contact. <laughs> that, uh, <clears throat> that's my Omar Vizquel story. Wow, that, that is a fantastic. Do I have permission to use that story? I think I, uh, my only regret is that you didn't have it before uh, you had him well, on your show. Well, play that. Uh, that's very true. Very true. Yeah. Good to know. Scott, any yeah. other tidbits you picked up from Omar when you interviewed him that you really didn't know about? So people could, you know, certainly have interest in listening to that on your podcast, but any quick tidbits you can give us? You know, a lot of people, um, I think want to know, um, you know, remember he came out with the book, uh, and he was kind of not too, uh, I don't want to say not too kind, but you know, him and Jose Mesa didn't get along for the longest time. Oh. And, um, you know, he's he hasn't talked with them in a long time. And I think I think Omar Visco would like to talk with him and just kind of bury the hatchet on whatever happened. Um, so, you know, 
I think that would be a little tidbit. There's still some animosity there for whatever reason. And, you know, it's been 25 years or longer, I think. So uh, there's still that. It's still still it's still there. And but he he hopes to get past that in in the future. Wow. That's kind of interesting. I didn't know there was uh, I didn't recall there being any consternation there. But what do I know? I'm just busy watching people do radio interviews with naked guys. Uh, all right, Scott, thank you for the uh, forecast in uh, Caracas, Venezuela, and uh, we appreciate you uh, uh, joining us again, and uh, let's let's not make it uh, so long between segments now. Yeah, let's let's try to make it every other presidential election around that time, you know, instead <laughs> of every three. <laughs> forecast roulette. With the official, 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 the official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Fox 8's Scott Sable. Ted, want to let you know that we have good news. And I know you like to hear that because most times we don't hear good news. We just hear bad news. Of course. But this good news is for a Canadian woman, Marcy Callaward, she accidentally dropped her wallet in the water while boarding a boat last June. That's mm -hmm. unfortunate. Last week, she was walking with her husband on a beach near where the incident happened. As she was walking, something washed up on shore. I mean, this seems like a movie script. <laughs> it was her wallet. The wallet was in a was in very good shape with IDs, credit cards, and money still inside. Only wow. the zipper was corroded. Wow. That would never happen to either of us. No. No chance. Not only would we lose the wallet, we'd go headfirst into the water <laughs> with no change of clothes available. We don't have the luck of the Irish or the luck of the Can Canadians like Marcy does. So. No, no. Well, good for her. Absolutely. What a pain in the rear end it is if you ever lose your wallet or anything like that. My gosh, that's a disaster. Hats off, Marcy. Well done. Time to get your betting mind on and figure out what sport you want to wager on. But as our uh, guest at this time always says, bet with your head, not over it. John Ryan is back with us again. And John, uh, the big game, uh, the big football game is done. But I, I think there's a perception that things slow down in sports betting. Uh True or false? Is that is that not the case too much anymore? Well, that's a great question, Ted. Thanks for having me on, as always. Uh, I think it actually picks up uh, oh. for some of us pros because uh, what's next? March Madness. Yeah. So it literally becomes uh, the very next day I start really taking deep dives into the conferences, starting to rank uh, teams based on defense, defensive and offensive efficiencies. So um, it gets it gets very busy. Uh, the betting volume may come down a little bit ahead of um, March Madness, but you know we're we're in full gear now. You have NBA going, <laughs> uh, resuming Thursday. The PGA Tour is in full flight now. Uh, NHL is uh, you know quite active every single day now. So there really is a lot going on. Wow. Now, here's a question back to uh, like the big game uh, or any of these other games or, or, or events related to sports. 
with where like you know what color is uh or how, how long is the national anthem going to go at the super bowl how do they allow wagering on that with the idea i'm thinking of it from the standpoint of you know whoever the singer is if they really wanted to they could take the over and sing real yeah. low. how do how do they how do they control that i, I don't know how they do because i've never really taken an interest in um you know, kind of being that ridiculous. Okay. Um, I focused more on the, the, the game itself. Uh, okay. We were we were very lucky. We had uh, the premium bet was on the 49ers. That didn't work out so good. But really, what really saved the game was a 0.5 unit. It was half a unit prop bet on, I um, can never say his name right, uh, not Juzik, but um, uh, you, you use check, the fullback oh, yeah, for yeah, the yeah, 49ers. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I had said that, um, and I noticed this pattern with Shanahan. First play of the game was a runner pass to McCaffrey, followed by uh, him being targeted in the second play. So for the fourth straight game, the Super Bowl being the fourth consecutive game, they ran that that play to uh, McCaffrey. The very next play was the catch by Juszczyk, and bang, 28-1 to prop bet hits. Wow. <laughs> which was our, our our living room got pretty loud. I bet, the, I bet the people we had over and everything else. It was. I don't think we've ever had a roar like that ever. Yeah, uh, even if we won the game, you mm-hmm. know. But that that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun where you take a a twenty dollar prop bet like that and you hit it, and it's not necessarily the monetary gain. It's it's the fact that you nailed it. That, right. <laughs> Because I was stunned. I was like, oh, my God, this actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> now, for those who uh, might be new to, to betting, uh, when we when we get into uh, basketball and uh, baseball, uh, you're wagering – and basketball, you can wager on uh, total points or, or, or wins. What are some of the other more popular things to wager on in basketball? Well, it – yeah, you have the sign total that you say you have first half. And then, of course, live in-game betting is my preference right now, especially in the NBA. And that is good old man <laughs> here in the background. He loves talking about dogs, so I apologize yeah. for that. But, you know, uh, live in-game betting, you think about it. In the NBA, there is easily 10-point uh, swings by both teams during the game. Uh, many of these games have unanswered 10 or double-digit streaks, right? So if that happens against the team that you bet on, it's it's actually an opportunity where most people think, oh, no, I made a bad bet. No, it's an opportunity to get even better pricing than you would have pre-flop. So uh-huh. I've been teaching clients to bet 50% pre-flop up to 70% pre-flop and say we do 70% on a $100 bet. That's obviously $70. And then you take 15% of that and define your levels uh, before the game starts, you must have a plan in place of what you're going to do. You can't execute a good live in-game bet during the game, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Once the game starts um, and you try to bet live in-game, my my humble opinion is that you're probably going to lose money. <laughs> sure. What about uh, uh, baseball? What? How do you? How do you? I mean. Obviously, Pete Rose did it, but uh, how do we yeah. how do we bet on baseball? Well, we we don't just bet on our own team either. We do bet <laughs> on uh, 
<laughs> we bet on all kinds of teams. The mascot doesn't matter. I've often said with, uh, you know, Ken and you that I don't bet on uh, mascots, period. I bet on teams. I bet on situations. Uh, so, you know, it, it could be the worst team in the league that comes up on the models, and they might be a plus 250 dog, but they're going to be a bet. And um, that's that's how we grind it out. So mm -hmm. in baseball, what I learned over the years and what my models are slanted to is, is identifying uh, dogs uh, on the money line. Because that is truly, in my opinion, the only way that you can make money in baseball. If you do what is commonplace uh, with the public better and, and new betters right now, uh, what are they going to do? They're going to bet favorites. And if you think about it, if you bet a, a minus 200 favorite and it loses, you, bait, you have to win three in a row now to be profitable. You, you have to win two in a row just to recover from that, um, that loss because $100 on a minus 200 line is minus 200. You have to win both of them next. If you lose any of them and they're favorites again, suddenly you're down you know, as much as five, 600 bucks on three bets. Uh, one of the things I do like to do when I have two dogs in the neighborhood of like plus 155 to plus 185, I will do a money line parlay. I know I say parlays are not good to do, and they aren't good to do in the in the NFL. Teasers are not good in the NFL or college football or the NBA. But in baseball, this is the one loan opportunity that I've seen to take pizza money and combine two significant dogs. Because if you multiply 1.6 times uh, – 1.8, that that ends up being pretty darn good odds on a pizza money bet. It's not 28 to 1 like uh, Ucheck was, but, you know, it's up there. And over yeah. time, they won't always win. But if I hit 20% of those, and that sounds awful, right? 20%, I'm actually adding a, a big chunk to my bottom line. Wow. All right. Uh, March Madness. Obviously, people bet on the games. Do people bet on the seating? Things like that. I think this year you'll be able to do that. Like, for example, Houston coming off the big win last night against Iowa State. Um, I think you can, uh, you, or at least the odds will be coming out in about the next two weeks when we get near the end of the conference championship games. You will, you will be able to do that. It might be a group of four teams even that, okay, these four teams are going to be the number one seeds. Um, I'm sure you'll be able to bet, too, on whether a team makes it in or makes it or doesn't make it in, they will be limited to the first four in, last four out, which are, are somewhat commonplace anymore. Um, you know, a team like Villanova, if that, if that was on the list as a team to make it in, I, I would take that bet now. That, that's, one of the, that's one of the teams that, you know, you look at their record, uh, not so hot, but if you look at the strength of schedule and, um, you know, the wins that they have had against, ranked teams, uh, teams that will definitely be in the tournament, they have a pretty good resume. So if they win the first two games in that Big East tournament, um, I think that's what they need to do to get in. Sure. Well, John, uh, it just keeps going. And if people want to get your insight, uh, where can they do so? What we're doing now is for shows like yours, we're going to offer uh, the first week free. You can take a test drive of every single play I release and this, these are the same uh, plays that uh, clients are paying $2,500 a year for. So you're getting a week for free to take the test drive and see for yourself if, if my research and the way I do things here professionally 
are suitable for you. Uh, so you just send a direct message to on the X at John Ryan Sports is number one, or send me an email simply at John Ryan Sports at gmail.com, and we'll get you on board for that one week free trial. Awesome. All right, John. Well, uh, the madness is almost here, and I'm sure you'll be ready. Thank you very much for the time. Thank you very much, Ted. Glad to be part of it. The most trusted name in journalism. Klops Clips. Ken, the voice of reason and sanity in an otherwise crazed world. Here we are with some more news and notes that you may not have heard. Did you know that an East Cleveland man convinced lots of people that he was a prince with lots of business connections to world leaders? No. Oh, boy. He even served as East Cleveland Mayor Brandon King's international economics advisor. Wow. He pulled this over on the mayor. Turns out he tricked everyone to the tune of 10 million bucks that people gave him for bogus businesses. 41-year-old Zubair Al-Zubair and his brother now face about two dozen federal charges, including wire fraud, bank fraud, money laundering, harboring a fugitive, and just not being nice people. Holy cow, that's crazy. That's right here in East Cleveland, man. Yeah, yeah. Wow. How about that? Unbelievable. I'm a prince. Just take my word for it. I'll give you 50 bucks. Okay. A Delta Airlines passenger on a flight from Amsterdam to Detroit got an unpleasant surprise when about a dozen maggots fell out of an overhead bin onto the woman who understandably freaked out. Flight returned to the Netherlands while flight attendants worked and discovered a rotting fish wrapped in newspaper as the source of the maggots. The fish and the newspaper were put into the luggage that they got onto the plane in. The luggage was to be burned. Uh, A a passenger, a man, did claim ownership of the smelly stuff. There is no word on why he took it on the plane or, or what happened to him. Well, it's a special fish, I guess. That would be... I mean, I would imagine you would smell it, too. I mean, if there's maggots, there's got to be a smell. That is... Uh, boy, I'm luck- luckily that's not happened to me. So. WJLXAM in Jasper, Alabama has been off the air for nearly three weeks. That's because the station's 200-foot-tall radio tower has been stolen. (laughs) Let me say that again. The station's 200-foot-tall radio tower has been stolen. A landscaping crew made the discovery while doing maintenance. They called the GM. The GM asked if they were in the right place. They were. They found wires everywhere. Police are investigating. The station can still be heard online. 
while the small market group tries to raise the $60,000 needed to get back on the air. So these people were just broadcasting and had no idea that they lost <laughs> their 200-foot tower. tower. That's uh, what it, I'm it thinking. It sounds that way, yes. Wow. How about that? That's... Uh, I guess I guess you just scrap that. I mean, I don't know what you're going to do with I, it. Well, what I want to know is, I don't know, how many people, uh, this sounds like a joke, how many people does it take to take down a 200-foot radio tower? And I don't know, is there no electricity? And, oh, that's a great question, too. Yeah, I would think there'd be something. And you don't have a fence around it with some barbed wire or something? I mean, come it's on. not. I mean, I I've mean, seen other towers around, and, yeah, it's, it's not exactly easy to, to get to them. So. I mean, I understand barbed wire probably is not cheap, but right. I'm sure it isn't sixty grand. No, I imagine not. That's a good point. So, well, hopefully they can figure something out so they get back on the air so the local folks in Jasper, Alabama can the latest news of what's going on because right now they have to go online and i imagine that's a little rough for them well they can they can listen to this online i have some scores here uh, some sports uh, oh scores. perfect yeah five to three four to one two nothing and eight to six Ooh. i'm ted klopp that's news to me Not a dad joke. What is Cupid's favorite band? Hmm. I don't know. Kiss. That joke was horrible. We're coming to the end of episode number 131. Love those dad jokes, Ken. You know where I got this one? No. Where did you get this? On a sign in the men's room at the uh, uh, Ale House, the Aspen Ale House in South Bend, Indiana. That's outstanding. Was there a phone number next to it too, or no? Oh, uh, there was not. Okay. They just they just had, the numbers I call. They just had dad jokes. That's awesome. I love it. So God, we were busy this week. We had Sloan. Yeah. We had Ryan, Mr. John, and then we had Sable, who we have had. We've not had him for a while. He's insane. He really. He is a funny dude. Yeah, money people don't get to know him very well because they just see him doing the weather. But he's he's a lot of fun. Yeah. Do you think he calls these other? I mean, I've asked him this question before. Do you think he calls these other meteorologists and stuff, and they kind of get together and shoot the you know what about the weather? Or no. Uh is he, yeah. is he calling Jeff Tanchek or Mark Johnson? Didn't Jeff Tanchek used to make wagers with other local meteorologists on I who would have the have the most accurate forecast. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Nichols is, I mean, is he calling Jason Nichols up and they're, you know, slugging down a beer? How about Betty, uh, who's it, Channel 3? Betty, um, Betsy Kling. Betsy, man. Betsy Kling. Betty. Yeah, I like her. Betty, Betsy. I'll be honest, we're pretty blessed with the weather people we got. I mean, look at all the ones we've named. Most people can't even name one weather person. We just well, and, them, so. you know, not not a terribly good situation, but uh, kudos to Holly Strano, who's now back yeah. on the air. Um, she, I mean, well-documented, uh, had a, a DUI and fortunately didn't hurt herself or anybody else and spent some time off the air and went through 
I, I guess we have, I, you know, I would, I'm sure if you're curious, you can go on her social media and see what she said about it, but you know, um, could have been a lot worse and, uh, glad that, uh, that seems to have worked out. hundred percent. I hats off to her, you know, that not an easy situation. Everything was well documented and there's crazy videos and all that stuff. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, some of that stuff really turned me off. She had an issue. She's corrected it and she's got herself back on track and, you know, hats off to her for doing all that. And it's support to WKYC as well. You know, they could have turned her back and said, Hey, you're done, but they didn't do that. They took a negative situation and turned it positive. So um, hats off to them. What, what I know you've been very busy with work. <laughs> how are, how are things otherwise? I mean, school's good for the kids and business has been good for you correct this is good uh things are we're rolling right along and uh we have uh one hockey team in the playoffs this weekend oh we're, uh we're in the semifinals we play Illyria I'm sure the nice folks out in Illyria but uh our kids are ready to 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 do what it takes as far as I know, we're in the playoffs now. We're playoffs. That the season. So you basically you got a couple of weeks left, right? Is that what you're saying for hockey? Uh, we have uh, at most two weeks. Okay. We have semifinals, and if we win, we go to the finals. Wow, it's amazing. It seems like the years just flying by. I saw when I was at the Cavs game that they were already promoting the MAC tournament, which is I think the week of March 13th. I, I can't. That's insane to me. That's crazy. Yeah. So, and then, of course, we have uh, we got to get Jen Brastovich on. We haven't had her on in a while. We need to talk to her. We got the uh, women's final four that's coming to Cleveland as well, which I think that's going to be a hot ticket. Uh, I'm sure. In all honesty, that there's more excitement, I think, for the women's NCAA tournament than there is for the men's. I mean, they're really getting some great notoriety and all that. So. Very excited about that. Um, let's see if I can find a way to maneuver myself into some of those contests and watch <laughs> some, some Final Four if I can. So that'll be great. Well, sir, I appreciate your time putting this together. Special thanks to John Ryan, Dusty Sloan, and Scott Sable. That sounds like a law firm. Ryan, Sloan, and Sable. What do you think That's... about that? That's my second firm. choice of lawyers if I ever have a problem. Absolutely. Second choice. Second choice. What yeah. would the first be? Do we cheat them and how? Yep. Every time. Every time. Well, thank you to listeners for joining us as this was episode 131. We had some questions if it was or not, because uh, Ted yeah. and I have been busy and couldn't even remember what episode we were on. But uh, 131, look forward to bringing you 132. And I will say... We do have some special stuff coming out very soon. One thing that we've been trying to promote when we certainly have John Ryan on is safe betting. And coming up very soon, I, I got a message from John. He has found a person that he can speak with as well that we will have on these airwaves to talk about safe betting. It's a actually a pretty famous betting person. Um, I look forward to that. And we'll uh, probably have that here in the next couple of weeks. We're probably going to do a little bit of a docu-series Mm. on safe betting a couple different things ask some questions and obviously it's a it's a big concern as mm -hmm. we've talked about in the past state of ohio 77.3 billion dollars of revenue which means there's a lot of people losing money so i want to make sure yeah. you're doing things the right way yeah but ted until next time save your bets
bet with your, bet with your head and not over it. May all the wins be yours. And until that time as well, don't forget we're two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland is sponsored by Westminster AV, custom audio-visual packages for all occasions.